Hello and welcome to Talking Tent, a brand new podcast about movies, TV, and all the content we can possibly consume. I'm Zach. And I'm Irma. We are a married couple whose love for movies and TV cannot be contained, so we've decided to share our thoughts, opinions, cheers, and occasional jeers with the world. On this episode, we'll be talking the beautifully brutal penultimate episode of The Last of Us, a uncharacteristically intense episode of Poker Face and the showdown between Michael B and Jonathan Majors in Creed 3. But first, we're going to start how we always do with some hot goss industry talk. So what do we have this week? All I know and all I care about are that the Oscars are this Sunday, the big night event of the year for me. (laughs) Finally here. All the buildup. We had our final preliminary awards with the Independent Spirit Awards, which I always remember being the night before. I'm pretty sure in past years it's been the Saturday right before the Oscars. Well, the Oscars are late this year. Yeah, so maybe the Independent Spirits didn't adjust. But once again, Everything Everywhere All at Once won all the big things for movies. The Bear won everything for TV. And when I, I was happy to see Charlotte Wells of After Sun get recognized for the best first feature. So again, more evidence that the Daniels and everything everywhere all at once are are winning a lot. And all the actors are winning a lot this year. It's going to be a celebration of multiverse madness. Yeah, I'm excited. I really am. I love everyone in the cast. They're very charismatic. They're just very happy. Um, And I love seeing that. And I feel like people just love that infectious joy. And so that's Another reason why I think it does keep winning, because I think like a lot of these like preliminary awards, like it's all about like the speeches and about the people you can get there. And when they see like, oh, wow, they gave such a heartfelt sentiment and all this stuff, people are like, wow, they really want it. And they like awarding that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Kiwi Kwan and the Daniels have been showing up and given energy. To their to <laughs> yeah. their acceptance speeches, they're they're enthusiastic. So this Sunday we'll be watching Oscars, probably be live tweeting about it, all of our instant reactions. So follow along at Talk Intent on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And I can't wait. The, I'm gonna be watching all day. It's gonna be an all day event for true, me. You better be the, ready because I will be watching the red carpet for this. The red carpet starts at like two p.m. <laughs> it starts at five a.m. <laughs> We're going to be having two bonus Talking Oscars episodes coming out probably two days from now. We're doing, we're going to do a predictions and discussion episode before the Oscars. And then on Sunday night, we're going to hop on these mics and put out another episode of instant reactions. So subscribe so you always know that when those come out and follow on Twitter at Talking 10, because I'll definitely be tweeting about it. Books also. On Sunday is the last episode of The Last of Us, which I know we're going to be talking about later, but that's a big night. Huge night. We're going to have to watch that late, though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely after the Oscars, we'll watch it. So I'll be like riding high on the Oscars and then so (laughs) depressed on The Last of Us. Another thing, kind of industry hot goss was the Chris Rock special that everybody has been waiting for. Also, interesting timing on that. Yeah, it exactly wasn't a mistake. a year later. Yeah, I kind of love it. Same week as the Oscars, as uh, the infamous slap heard around the world last year's Oscars. He told everybody that 
He wasn't going to do interviews. He said, I'm going to talk about it when I talk about it on my special. Netflix dropped the bag. Dude got super rich from getting smacked in the face. Honestly, for the first hour of the special, it was really good. Just classic Chris Rock. And wait, I know. At first I was like, is he going to talk about it? I didn't think he was yeah, he for a re- while. He referenced it two times. Kind about of, About not yeah. wanting to get another rapper on his bad side. Everybody cheered. They were excited. Very funny. I think all of his bits were funny. He does a really good job towing the line of controversy, but not quite overstepping where it becomes uncomfortable. And then for the last 10-ish minutes, maybe less, he fully addresses it, kind of sets the record straight, kind of makes Will Smith look even worse. Even worse, it's, yeah. Uh, we all knew all of this, but Chris Rock just straight up says it. Yeah. And it's pretty brutal, honestly. I hope, I can't imagine I know, Will I Smith do... is going to watch it. It's hard because it's like, it also makes me feel a little bad for Will Smith. I just do feel like he's kind of been through a lot by his wife and like everything else that's happened. It's just like, I mean, yes, obviously what he did was like unexcusable and he should be able to control himself. But it is, I just, he just probably couldn't hold back his anger. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just bad. He's bad. a weird dude. He's a weird, I mean, all celebrities are They're weird. They're weird. The Smiths are weird. Yeah. I do have to say though, like, obviously I love Chris Rock. He was great. So funny. His delivery bothers me sometimes. Like after watching it for an hour and him like just always like he says a joke and then he repeats himself. I think just to like make sure that we get the punchline, which is like the next line. And like I always will like he stops for like people to laugh. But then just like their constant repetitive nature, it just it like I I don't mind it in the beginning, but towards the end, I'm just like, OK, get to it in a way. Yeah, that's always been his bit. Though. I know. I know. That's yeah. But anyway, super funny. It's on Netflix. It was live on Saturday, which is super interesting to see. They did a good job from what it seems like. So I guess we'll see if they do more of these live events. Yeah, we were not home so we didn't like actually you were at a bachelor party we didn't actually partake in how it worked going live but i didn't see anything bad about it yeah. they had a pre-show and a post-show which is kind of weird for a stand-up <laughs> special but again they're milking it for all it was worth with the controversy and uh he addressed it and it, was, it was pretty funny made the smiths look pretty bad yeah that's all right all right now to get on the couch in our comfies and we're gonna talk tv lot a freaking TV this week. Lot, a lot of TV. I think that's kind of natural with uh, the Emmys being in June. I want to say I think the Emmy window closes at the end of May. So I think that's why we're going to be seeing so many shows premiering within the next like two, three months. HBO Big Boys dropping two straight Yeah, everything. I mean, all the big stuff is just like out. Let's talk about The Last of Us first. The Last of Us. Uh, it gets better and better. Every the penultimate episode, episode. Continuing the HBO tradition of the penultimate episode being a ramp up in intensity and violence and the big thing happening. Now it seems like the next episode will kind of be the come down and the, we'll the resolution moving us into the next season. I mean, we finally got some cannibals. I feel like I knew that they we had to get there eventually. Not that I knew anything about the game, but I feel like when you're talking about a post-apocalyptic show or anything, there has to be cannibals, right? You spend that much time in the <laughs> snowy mountains. It's only a matter of time yeah. until you're eating your people. And that's what happened. Really brutal. So brutal. That, so- that guy had me had me tricked for a little bit. 
I was like, maybe he isn't so bad. I don't know. I felt like I felt it. As soon as someone starts preaching, I'm like, no, this is a bad (laughs) day. Well, that's normally how I feel. And I was like, maybe I prejudge all these people. Maybe he is really just trying to help his followers. Uh, It turns out he's a full-blown psychopath, probably pedophile, cannibal. Probably pedophile. Yeah. I mean, definite pedophile. He just doesn't say it straight up. Also, I feel like... Um, I'm going to say what happens in the episode, but also just like looking at him visually, he was the only person that was like clean cut, shaven, and all of the people that were following him were so like, like straggly. They had long hair, long beards. Like you can tell that like he saves all the good stuff for himself. So just like even from the first second I saw him and then like with the people that followed him, I'm like, oh no, this guy, like there's something wrong here. This guy's a trash guy. Yeah. But anyway... So the episode opens with Ellie and Joel. Joel is still hurt from his wound. Ellie's extremely hungry. So she goes out hunting for some food. She comes across two men who she trades with for some medicine. The men come back and essentially kidnap her or maybe want to kill her. I mean, half of them want to kill her. But the main guy, I think David was his name, was like, no, let's bring her back. But they do want to kill Joel. And essentially they lock her in a cage. She finds out that they've been eating people um, and yeah, she has to figure out a way to escape. And this was really Ellie's showcase episode. Bella Ramsey did such an amazing job, I thought. Yeah, the screaming, she really showed off. They've been building for, let's say, three episodes to her ability to function fully without Joel. Well, you could tell that she's learned a lot from him. Like, I even think like the hunting. She missed, though. She got the deer. Yeah, but you got to drop that deer right in the heart so it doesn't run away. Yeah. That was the bit. If it didn't run away, all none of that would ever, ever happen. So the deer got far enough away. So she's still got something to learn. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's done, she did pretty well on her own in this yeah. episode. I like that when she was putting on the voice when she first saw the guys. Yeah. And then when she finally asked for the medicine, you could tell she went back to her yeah, real voice because yeah, yeah, she was yeah. actually being honest. But yeah, got really brutal. And then how they end it. With at least Ellie defeating David, who becomes, if I had to have one critique, he turned into a supervillain so suddenly. Well, didn't I say during the episode, oh, this is so sore on vibes, you know, like, come with me. We can rule together. Yeah, well, that was when he was being subtle. And then when he starts screaming, yeah. when the, then the whole building is on fire and he's just he turns into an absolute maniac well i think he's i think it was like a lot of symbolism like with like heaven and hell like you see him preaching in the beginning and at the end he dies in this like hellish landscape i mean i feel like if we were to go super deep we could find like so many religious undertones you know true craig mazin yeah and neil Druckmann. Druckmann (laughs) working in all the devil and angel yeah, and Moses, Joel, just wandering, trying to find Ellie. True. Um, yeah, and they also- mentioned at the end, where, again, we referenced the, the interviews that they do with the two creators. Yeah. That they played on the fact that we assumed Joel was on his way, also made an incredible recovery. Where he he's <laughs> literally unconscious, and then he is stabbing some guy in the throat. Yeah. Which is fine. I guess that doesn't take as much effort because he snuck well, up. Well, Ellie on was in trouble. He Ellie had to get was to in her. Trouble. The adrenaline starts to yeah. pump. Yeah. And then so they build that David is going to be on top of her 
or something, re- almost ready to stab her, and then Joel's coming in the back door with that with with that rifle. Yeah, and that does not happen. Ellie, I love that it didn't oh, happen. It's great. Ellie takes care of everybody by herself. Yeah, viciously. Really sad though. Yes. Really sad. Like a turn for her. Like she fully became like not a child anymore. She is like fully capable of taking care of herself. And at fourteen, I think she's supposed to be like. That's probably not the best thing for her mental well-being in this world, you know? So it's, like, amazing to see it, but at the same time, it's so sad. Absolutely no way of coming back from first backhanding a hatchet into a guy's throat. (sighs) Yeah. And then... So good. Brutally stabbing multiple, multiple times the other guy on top of him, blood spurting all over your face. And then they managed to turn that into the most beautiful moment of the season. You think so? Yeah, when Joel finally finds her and she's obviously destroyed. Yeah. And all she needs is a hug. And then he calls her baby girl. I know. Come on. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. This icy guy we talked a few weeks ago, we were talking about this icy guy who Tess was the heart. And then he lost Tess and this icy guy just cracks and he found his new meaning. And yeah. Ellie found her courage and horrible. I don't know. I, I don't know what she's going to do, but at least she's got somebody to cry to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we even saw like Joel, like his super violent side. I mean, we've seen it before, like in the second episode when he like bashes that guy's head in. We basically see Ellie almost do the same thing mm-hmm. except with that hatchet. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're like almost mirrors of each other. So I guess we'll see how that goes playing forward i mean i'm excited for the final episode and i'm really excited to see what they do in the second season i mean i know it's like based off the second game so we'll see are you gonna start playing the game do you think in the off season i can't i'd have to buy a playstation (laughs) oh i'm surprised they don't make it for xbox now well naughty dog is specifically sony all right do we talk about poker face or do you want to go keep it with pedro pascal and talk about mandalorian oh a natural transition into boring ass episode of Pedro (laughs) Pascal, the opposite of The Last of Us, ramping up the intensity to a beautiful conclusion. The Mandalorian slowly seeps its way into our sleeping eye. (laughs) I don't know. Well, speak for yourself. Okay, I loved getting back into this world. I was smiling the entire time. And yes, that mostly had to do with Grogu because he's so damn cute and every little noise that comes out of his mouth, I like squealed with excitement. I was just so happy to see them. I mean, this first episode was basically just like a catch up episode since like part of the story happened in Boba Fett. So I feel like they had to like kind of give us like a not a summary, but just say like, hey, this is what happened to Cardu. And you know what I mean? Like this is what happened to uh was that uh, John Carlo Esposito's character? Like, this is where he is. You know what I mean? They had to, like, just give us, like, a, here, this is what happened. Yeah, well, when he meets up with Starbuck, that was the best part. Starbuck. Who's Starbuck? Uh, I forget her name. It's the, the blue. Oh, is that really her name? No, no, Starbuck is her character from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, so I'll oh, just always oh. call her Starbuck. I just found, so Grogu was, was really cute, as always, when he pops up in the, in the ship and he's looking all cute. But they gave us three or four additional cute animals. It's basically them just doubling down. But cute animals. Those weird little rodent things that were fixing the 
oh, the robot. Oh, 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 like, there was um, another thing that was like, oh, this is so fun and cute. And that's all they did. It was just, it was really slow. Just get us in. This is season three. Get yeah. us in. We don't need a reintroduction. I'm starting to think that one guy designing all of these stories, Dave Filoni, and doing all of the animation, all of Mandalorian, Boba Fett, his brain being behind all of it. I'm sure there's different writer's rooms for all of it, but maybe he's just running out of ideas. I think he has a lot of ideas and he's trying to figure out how to connect them. I mean, yes, this was probably not the best first episode, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, I'm excited to like see... I think they're going to go to Mandalore and I'm excited to see that and like see how that like works into the greater story that I think Dave Filoni is trying to tell. Yeah, no doubt it, it'll get there. When you're so excited, everyone was so amped up for Mando to be back after some subpar Star Wars. And I was like, all right, Mando's going to save I mean, it. I would say Andor is definitely not subpar. Great point. That was probably I forgot like that Andor already saved it. Yeah, but that was a pretty great Boba Fett show. and Obi-Wan were so bad yes. that we were like, all right, we need Mando to save us. And then well, Mando Mando's, was just as boring. Well, Mando saved Boba Fett, I would think. I think those are the best episodes oh, of The of Mandalorian. Course, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it'll be fine, hopefully. But maybe also we got a better version of Pedro Pascal taking care of a kid. So I know, it's crazy that he has two shows on right now. How much do you think he's making? <laughs> I don't know. So much money. But also, did you hear about like the mini controversy that's uh, out right now? I think John Favreau, apparently either it was either John Favreau or Dave Filoni. I forget who said it, but that the Mandalorian has been taking place these past like two, three seasons, like over five years. So he was with like Grogu was with Luke for two years. And now he's been back with the Mandalorian for like a year now. That's like, what have you been doing? Don't you think that's kind of strange? Well, I think it's kind of strange that they jumped three years and then their reintroduction was this boring ass episode. Yeah, maybe. But, but no, whatever. I don't know. At Grogu, we saw Grogu got stronger. Yeah. So he can maybe he'll maybe he'll stab some pedophile in the face <laughs> twenty times and finally turn into something. Uh, I think you're a little confused. Oh, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I'm excited to see what happens for the rest of the season. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. I'm sure it'll be good. It's this Disney is just Plus. a, it's just I don't a know. weird. How dark can they really get? That's the thing. You know, like, what, what are you expecting? Uh, they had like a whole shootout with the John Carlos Esposito when they were stuck in the cave. There's something intense. Yeah. This is just nothing. And then weird MacGuffins for no reason. Like, why is he going back to this place? Why does he need that droid? Why aren't there more yeah. memory chips? It was just like storyline for sto mission for mission almost. And yeah. no real I mean, that's always kind it. of been the Mandalorian, like uh, mission of the week. So now let's talk about Poker Face. Um, we just watched this. We were a little late this week to watch Poker Face. Finally got JGL. I feel like they've been teasing him all mm -hmm. season with the previews. The previews of what's to come in this season showed that Joseph Gordon-Levitt stabbing scene multiple oh, times. stabbing scene. I thought they showed him with like, his arms up I think a they lot. showed both. Yeah. Or they showed the silhouette of the stabbing, so we didn't know what was happening. But I think this was probably the best episode, if not maybe yeah, top, definitely top tier with the first few. And then it kind of waned a little bit. But this one got very intense, way more yeah. intense. Almost the other ones were kind of cartoony in their murders and their violence. Yeah. And this one was like way more brutal. I think just because Joseph Gordon-Levitt was so horrible. Yeah. Like the Lil Rel Howery and the other, and like the actors one and the 
Well, because the murder had like happened already and that wasn't even the murder she was trying to solve or anything, you know? Yeah. He was just like a total dick. Yeah. And it began like a brutal dick. Yeah. And it became very obvious, very fast. Charlie actually got in trouble. So she finally- Which I kind of like. Yeah. Well, she, we were talking for a while about how she gets herself in these situations where she can't help herself, but ask questions that are potentially dangerous. The problem or the ease of what she's done is that everybody that had killed people before, it was way less premeditated. They were kind of not murderers. You know, it was kind of like they were all goofy people that, yes, they killed someone, but it wasn't like it was part of their personality. And we learned I mean, out- except for like the last episode, she killed like multiple people. True. With the drugs. Yeah. I liked this episode a lot. I felt like it was kind of like ripped out of like an Agatha Christie story or like a Lucy Folly book, which is a current author I really like. All the characters, like it's like a typical like murder mystery trope. All the characters are trapped together in one place or room and can't leave because of the weather or something else, I don't know, happening. And I really liked that. Like it just like forced these people to be together. And then Jordan Good of Levitt. I like that he plays against his like normal charismatic type, you know, like he's the bad guy. I know you already said that, but I don't know. I feel like the first moment I realized he was probably the bad guy was when they like kept showing his routine and then like the delivery driver with food, whatever would come. And then he would like smash the no tip button, not even just like ah no tip. And then Stephanie Hsu is also in this mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. <laughs> I mean, Oscar nominated Stephanie Hsu, I should say, uh, playing a kleptomaniac, which I thought was kind of cool. Very funny, but also very well written with the amount of times that she took the wallet and it becoming, it was a joke. Every time it happened, it was like, ah, it's so funny. You knew that she took it. She asked for it back. And then when she takes it, the one time she doesn't realize it, is actually what's going to change the whole story because I mean maybe because yeah. it seems at the end uh what's his face oh my god the guy you kept confusing Ben Platt <laughs> yeah yeah I said I saw the credits in the beginning I was like whoa big cast and Ben Platt it's Benjamin Bratt <laughs> totally different person I was like you've seen him I was like all right it's two letters off but it looks like he finds her so I guess we'll see because this was also we should say the penultimate episode there's only one episode left. So we'll see what how this all wraps up, I guess. Yeah, very funny. We cackling when she wakes up from the coma and she looks at her wrist and then she sees the news and that they're reporting that she's dead. And she's just laughing, saying, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. And then but then in her voice. Yeah, and but then they uh, they immediately flip it and show that the guy is outside the hospital, which is kind of disappointing. It's a little strange. I'm wondering how he finds her. It would have been cool if if that's how she got a, got away with it all and we moved on from them. But I guess they had to they had to bring them back. But they could have brought them back next season. Yeah. Like this was obviously the most intense episode. It's fine to have her character kind of totally change from it. End the season with one more fun one and then bring Benjamin Bratt and um What's his face? Back Ron Perlman. In, yeah, back into the fold. Like, even though Ron season. Perlman was never even in it. Yeah, so. but I'm sure we'll hear, hear his voice again. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I just want to give a quick shout out to Shrinking. This past episode was so funny. I feel like it was funnier than like it's normally. I don't know. I just loved it. I'm really enjoying watching the show. I know we don't talk about it every week, but I just do really love it. It's a highlight of my week. It's definitely settling into its own. Yeah. I think even from episode two, 
where they got the concept out of the way. And now they could kind of just build on the characters that they're doing such a good job. I with. know. I love the characters. You like, really I love all of them. genuinely love everyone. Yeah. I love them all. I mean, I said this last time, this is the best Harrison Ford has been in a very long time. I mean, he's just essentially being, I would think, a version of himself almost. He's an old man and you should play an old man. <laughs> yeah. Even the doofy neighbor husband. Oh, so good. Who wasn't really part of the show. I mean, he just had like one bit. Yeah. And then they turned him into a real character. I know. Like, I feel he, like this episode, they yeah. really like honed in on everyone, you know? And then the Jessica Williams making him. Oh, and, she's so good. Yeah. She's so pretty. She really is. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a nice shot there, but I was like, not on this show. But they got pretty Apple close. Plus, I was yeah. pretty shocked that she decided on the hands instead of your classic pull the sheet over. Yeah. And she was just grabbing her boobs the whole time. To I not know you it. enjoyed it. Hey, hey. <laughs> but yeah, re really good, really delightful with the perfect amount of sentiment that I love. You got to cry a little bit. Did I cry but then this week? I don't remember. Yeah, absolutely. When he starts talking, when they both talk to the picture of Lily. Oh, yeah. Or, is that her name? That is her name. I don't remember. <laughs> the dead wife. Yeah. But then they set up more controversy because the daughter finds out that, that Jessica Williams and Jason Siegel had sex. So we'll see how that falls Spoiler apart. Spoiler alert. Don't tell. Back to my reality TV <laughs> corner, even though this is a show we both watch. Survivor had its past episode last Wednesday. What a wacky first episode. I'm honestly like, I keep thinking about it. And it's honestly a little annoying that these people are just like, like they go like full in from the gate. And it's just like, guys, calm down. You know you're excited to be here. Like, we're excited to watch, like, the have the season back and watch everything. But Christ, this was just like a, like, I don't know, weird first episode, don't you think? Wacky first episode. Three different medic visits. That medic got the most screen time he's had. I know. Even if he's been there for 20 years, which he hadn't because he's not that old. But three different people hurt themselves. Everybody was just so excited to be on the show. It's become such an institution that the people that are on it are all just super fans, not even necessarily competitors. Yeah. And a lot of them just show their true colors so immediately. Like the two people that did the shot in the dark. So stupid. When they weren't going to have any votes on them was yeah. just because all they care about was not being first out. Yeah. So they're going to, they're not, there's no chance they win. I know, and like, that that's guy. not, like, playing the game. Like, that just kind of, like, pissed me off, honestly. Like, like that just, like, making your alliance feel like you can't be relied upon, you know? I would also say that we were one handhold away from the show never being on anymore. What because do you mean? if that guy that climbed the rock oh, yeah. slipped off and hit his that head and so died. so bizarre. Why would he ever do that? Well, Cody uh, did it last season and he was yeah, totally fine. Yeah, but Cody fine. was cool, first <laughs> yeah. of all. Cody was cool. Yeah, the guy. Well, the, <laughs> this guy, I mean, I liked him, to be honest. He seems but like, like a nice guy. You know, he seems like a really nice guy, but Christ, I was getting so pissed off watching him. I was positive he was cracking his head open Me too. when he started falling. He fell pretty well for how, for what could have happened. I mean, but that would have been the end. definitely dislocated his shoulder. That would have been yeah. the end of Survivor if someone died because they didn't care to stop him from climbing this rock. These production people aren't babysitters, you know? You're, you're a 30-whatever-year-old adult. You should be able to know, like, your limits. Don't climb that rock. And don't dummy. hit your head going under a beam. Have uh, spatial awareness. Yeah, wild. 
I don't know. Anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry. Watch Survivor. It is the freaking best show, even though I'm kind of annoyed by this first episode. (laughs) But hopefully these people start making smart decisions and not just excited ones. Definitely a very interesting cast. Yeah. That a lot of wacky people showed themselves on this first episode. And then we also watched History of the World Part 2. What do you think of the first two episodes? So the first two episodes dropped on Hulu on um, today, today, Monday. And then the next two episodes will be on Tuesday. And then the next two on Wednesday and the last two on Thursday. So they're just dropping them all out in one week, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. I don't know why they're doing it. it, But it's fine. You do, I guess, an hour a day. They're testing between just dropping it all, letting people figure it out or doing one a week. So at least the people that really care have a have an hour long date with Nick Kroll <laughs> each day. The first episode was good, but not great. And then I thought the second episode they honed it in a little more. And then just Nick Kroll's curb your enthusiasm yeah. around that the was, Jesus story was so funny. That was such a good skit. I don't know if I love the way they're doing it. They're doing like what is it like five minute like sketches, yeah, sketches. essentially? If feels i hate to compare it to this because i know it's not the same but it feels slightly like drunk history yes and it's just like because it's like a bunch of celebrities like cast in these like historical roles and i do find it interesting and funny you know what i mean like i get what they're trying to do but i don't know some of the bits don't hit for me definitely that jesus one was so funny yeah i agree i thought the same thing with the ike barinholtz civil war yeah. That, that one felt very drunk history. It's also about him being an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of fell right into that niche. And then having Timothy Simons be a Blinken just felt literally ripped out of drunk yeah, history. Yeah, it really did. It really uh, did. But I think then the second episode was a little more structured, I yeah. thought, around, uh, I guess they were just imitating a show, but they did such a good job. I it, know. It's so funny. They well, with built the music, this... it helps. I don't know. And then having J.B. Smooth, obviously. Yeah, obviously they needed him. But then to have... Uh, Judas be fully misunderstood yeah. at the end and it's just it Nick Kroll did such a good impression like when he like leans into yeah. like the Jewish humor I honestly love that and then freaking what's his face playing Jesus I mean obviously like a good looking man Jay Ellis so good yeah a perfect Jesus yeah very noble <laughs> yeah very handsome so back to my reality TV corner. Top Chef is this Thursday. I am beyond excited. Big week for Irma. Top Chef <laughs> yeah. and the Oscars. Yeah. Big week for Zach too. Scream 6. This is a big week. I know. Coming up. So we'll be breaking down Top Chef at least the first episode. Highlights, lowlights, just like we did with Survivor. If it's anywhere near as crazy as Survivor, I don't know what to expect. Someone might have to chop their own hand oh off my for God, it to stop. be as insane stop. as Survivor. Oh my God. We just got back from Tuesday date night at our beloved AMC Dolby Theater. Still waiting on that. Sponsorship to see Creed 3, Michael B. Jordan's third installment with the hottest thing in Hollywood right now. Jonathan Majors making it back big time for his flub with Kang. What'd you think? Well, what'd you think? You seem to really like it. I liked it. It worked for me. Some of it was a little heavy-handed. First-time director, actor switching to director. I think some things are going to be a bit on the nose. Yeah, I feel like I thought it was a bit melodramatic. I don't know, like... Maybe that's what the whole franchise has always been, and I don't really remember. But Adrian. 
I don't know. And also, like, do you remember that whole thing? I feel like that came out, like, within the past year with Sylvester Stallone saying, like, oh, I don't like the direction it's being taken. It's a bit too dark for me. And then I'm sitting in the theater like, when is it going to get dark? Like, I didn't really think it was that dark at all. And to be honest, the score, like, again, it was like so on the nose, it felt like slightly Disney-ish. And I don't mean that to sound as harsh as I know it probably does, but I don't know. I was a little disappointed, if I'm being honest. Shots fired by Irma. Can you even believe it? Jonathan Major's character, like, I love him. Don't get me wrong. But it just felt a bit like one note, just like one major thing happened to him. And then it's all about that and getting redemption, essentially. And I don't know. I mean, at the end, it definitely came together. Like, I liked that last fight. But I was slightly disappointed, I have to say. I just felt like the stuff with the family, like Adonis Creed with his mom, like that was just all a bit like, eh. I think it's very possible you forget everything that happened in the first two. And so then they didn't really reestablish any of it except for a few bits. So then none of it really hit. I mean, I wasn't expecting the most well-written piece of drama Michael B. Jordan acted the shit out of that. I feel like he went a little over the top at points. He always does. I know he always does. That's his That's his trademark. Jonathan Majors majored, made this flick. And he saved us oh, absolutely. all from I thinking agree. that things were in trouble for Kang. He has this I don't know for beautiful, the Kang stuff. well, it came out in the same month and one was awful and I was scared. And now he did a great job. He's got this beautiful way of being quiet goofy, terrifying, intimidating, swarmy, and confident all in a few shots, a few different pouts of his lips. Yeah. And it it reminded me a lot of his character in Last Black Man in San Francisco, because in that movie, he was was funny. He was like this kind of goofy sidekick guy. And he definitely harnessed a lot of that with this much more intimidating confidence. And also, I felt like he also, like, when he, like, would go out into the ring... Like, there was, like, something about the way he, like, walked out. Like, one of his feet was, like, dragging in a weird way. Like, when Michael B. Jordan had all this confidence of standing up straight, like, Jonathan Majors would, like, duck low. I can't explain it, but, like, yeah, it's, like, that thing. Like, he's, like, not that confident. Like, he's feeling awkward, I think, being there. But then he, like, like comes up and, like, is that powerful boxer. Yeah, he's terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. I mean, he was great. Like the boxing scenes in general, I thought were really great. I mean, that last one at the end got a bit eh, heavy handed. Yeah, a bit too stylish, a little bit too stylized. So in the movie, without spoiling it, we find our hero Adonis Creed at the end of his career. And he is retiring and becoming a family man. And then his past catches up with him in the form of Jonathan Majors, (laughs) just like many other Movies we've seen, uh, John Cena in the most recent Fast movies is one example. Classic bit. I think Michael B. was just kind of working with a very straightforward story. Everybody knew what was going to happen and how it was going to work. They did do a lot of talking. And then when the story beats had to move forward, it happened very fast. Jonathan Majors, 
his ascendance is very quick. It is very And then fast. it's all kind of just like. And I wish we right. saw more of that. Like, I feel like I would have liked to have spent more time with him, you know, like, because honestly, like, even though he is painted to be the villain, he's definitely a very empathetic person in this. Like everything that happens to him, like it's sad and fucked yeah. up. And I don't know. I feel like he kind of deserved a little more. It was a bit of a complex story, and I think maybe that's why it didn't work with you because then it was crafted by a rookie director, let's say, because it wasn't like the first Creed was like, we love Creed and we hate that other guy. Yeah. And that's it. That's true. And so he gets knocked down your classic underdog story. In this one, it's much more complicated. I found myself rooting for- Jonathan Majors. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the Dame character, Jonathan Majors in that last fight. Me too. He could have gone deeper with him. The fighting was really good. Yeah, the fighting was amazing. And I love the montage, the training the montage, montage. Which you left I know for. I missed some. I don't know I how thought it was you gonna leave be, in the middle of that. I thought it was going to be shorter. But no, I saw most of it. Yeah, you came back. Be. You came back. Yeah, I'm But quick. woof, that was a good training montage. I saw him climb those ropes. Jonathan Majors is now what I'll be screaming instead of Sarsgaard when I exor- <laughs> start exercising again. He's also, I think, about your height. Yeah, maybe. He's bigger than Michael B, though, which I was surprised about. You mean taller? Taller, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, all these actors are short, no? I think Michael B is like six foot. Yeah. Yeah, and and they said he was 6'1". Yeah, so maybe they actually weren't lying for the first time with stats of fighters. (laughs) So it sounds like this movie didn't work quite as well for our beloved Irma as it did for me. I thought it was pretty good. Admittedly, pretty melodramatic. But the fights were really good, as we said. And it was about survivor's remorse. I mean, you said it was kind of only about one note and building to that. But that's most stories are about one thing. I mean, I guess they didn't have a B line and a C line. It was all leading to this one place. But there's an entire star show that's just called survivor's remorse because it's about that. Uh, This guy got away with something that his friend didn't, and he became a massive success in his place when he probably shouldn't have. The other guy was better, apparently. So maybe he feels the survivor's remorse and inadequacy to what would have happened if he didn't get away with it. I think maybe the Sly Stallone stuff was, it, it was pretty dark. It was about child abuse and complex feelings and spending half of your life in jail and dealing with that. And why didn't Michael B go to jail and Jonathan Majors went to jail. And I bet honestly that Sly's main gripe was what we talked about of that in this movie, we weren't positive. We were rooting for Adonis and maybe he just didn't like that. The hero was a little unclear. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like they could have really built out Jonathan Major's character a bit more. Maybe showed him like winning all of those fights that he ends up winning um, before getting to Creed. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't perfectly paced. They spent a lot of time in the beginning with the family. Which it was really nice. I mean, I love Tessa Thompson and then the daughter was super cute. I mean, it was all really nice. I just it felt a bit cheesy at times. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Sure. Like some of the dialogue was just like, like, all right, like, is this really what you're forcing these people to say? But 
But unlike a lot of movies that I find myself not liking, I didn't find myself bored no. at any point. So even if things could have been maybe switched out, a few characters maybe could have even been dropped out uh, to make room for a little bit more development with our two main characters. Well, we've spent so much time now with Adonis. But yeah, I think we could have done a little more Jonathan Majors showing his side of the story, his build. Just kind of happened all really fast, even though we knew we were getting to this point. Yeah, and then I feel like it would have made the ending maybe a little even more impactful if we spent more mm-hmm. time with Jonathan Major's character. Because I, te- I, I mean, I teared up for sure. I'm always going to tear up. <laughs> like, But I just felt like it could have been even more. The build to the fights was a little underdeveloped. Yeah. Actually, I think the, the fight between Jonathan Major's and Chavez was actually very well developed. Yeah, the, I thought the that back was great. And forth of I mean, that, that was the first really hour of they. the movie. Yeah. And then they got to a much bigger stakes very, very fast. An additional gripe was that Chavez character. He was way too small. And this was actually my same gripe with the first one, that Michael B is too small. And you see, Mm -hmm. and he's huge. And Chavez was significantly smaller than Jonathan Majors and Michael B. And it's this weird obsession, I guess, for normals that it has to be the heavyweight champion of the world. But nowadays, the heavyweights are not famous. Canelo, yeah. Al- Canelo Alvarez, who was in the movie, it's the guy when they go to that, that Chavez fight, who, who's like, he's kind of redhead, even though he's Mexican. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he was like, he does the classic boxer yeah, pose and yeah, then taking yeah. the picture. But he's a middleweight, and he At was the, the best. And repeat, yeah. And he was bigger than both of the fighters, and he's not a heavyweight. yeah. And, you know, That's true. Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao are the two, is, the two biggest fighters in the world, and they're tiny. So I don't really... Un- why what, couldn't, are they, what are their titles? They were like flyweights, or they're flyweights. really small. Yeah, yeah. I think Floyd's like 140 around. Yeah. And it's fine, but it just looks weird, especially when Chavez well, was so small. built, you know? Yeah, but still. Like the guy that does Drago, I bet, is a heavyweight, and he's huge. So I looked at him. He's an actor, I think. Maybe he did box at one yeah. point. I'm not sure. He's but a yeah, big he's boy. Huge. It made fi- it was fine when it was Michael B. and Jonathan Majors because they're relatively the same size. Yeah. So if we're just saying, okay, that's a heavyweight, fine. But when Jonathan Majors is fighting this guy that's probably fights at 170, he's probably a light middleweight, and he's the heavyweight champion of the world, and he just gets rocked. It's like, come on, just get a bigger guy. Yeah. It's fine. It's hard for me to know, like, all the differences. I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't pick up on that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was significantly smaller, though. Who was? The Chavez. Like, why did they need yeah. that guy? It's, I mean, it's a I boxing have to say, movie. It has I to be. I loved his entrance, though. Oh, he the was the Day best of entrance. The dead. Oh, my God. That was so cool. That was, that was my next little gripe was the soundtrack in general. So you I, said the I score. Heard, yeah, the score, the, the soundtrack. The score was definitely overwrought. Overwrought, for sure. Like, it was like happy when it was happy, it was sad when it was sad. I, I just felt like, yeah, it felt kind of like cheesy, a bit like Disney. I don't know. I know that's awful, but. Specifically, the soundtrack, though, like the actual songs. Yeah. Not just the background score. They, they, I mean, I don't, I'm not the most up on modern hip hop. I know a lot of it, but I didn't recognize any of the songs. Like all of the entrances felt very generic hip hop songs. Like they, they decided we're saving money by not getting a yeah. little baby song or something. 
like that. And is it supposed to be like hype up music? Yeah, it's got to be felt awesome. Like it wasn't. They, they weren't. Yeah. It, they weren't even cool beats. They were yeah. very generic hip hop songs. And the movie theater was fairly well populated that we were in. And it didn't seem like anybody really, I feel like people would have been reacting to like a hot song yeah. and they weren't, they were reacting to the fights yeah, and the, and hooting and hollering, which was great. But I was so disappointed by, especially Jonathan Major's entrance at the end there. I agree. Because he's wearing this all black thing mm -hmm. and skirt. Yeah. The skirt with like the <laughs> African colors, which they didn't establish at yeah. all. And well, the diamonds they did, but yeah. And then he just, it's just like such a generic song. I was like, I bet if you asked Jonathan Majors what song would he come out to, it would not be that. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a little, that was a little disappointing. Do you think they'll do another Creed? Creed 4? Creed Forever? Creed I think it'll probably come. Creed Fast Furious 4? <laughs> I think it comes that. Well, they have to start doing, Creed starts robbing banks yeah. to, make it, to make it interesting. Probably not. I yeah. don't know. This felt like a pretty good send-off, although I guess they don't totally close the book. But Creed himself retired and came back for one fight. Yeah, I don't think they closed the book at all. I mean, I definitely see them making another Creed. Maybe not like in the next two years, but maybe eventually. I mean, I feel like it was similar to like Rocky. Like that was what in the 80s and now this mm -hmm. is happening now. I just feel like I'm sure if someone comes along with a good story. Yeah, like what Coogler did. Was Ryan Coogler involved in this? It said story by Ryan Coogler. I don't think anything other than that. I kind of was missing Ryan Coogler's touch, I think, on this, to be honest. So the screenwriting credits are Keenan Coogler, who is Ryan Coogler's brother, who apparently also helped on Fruitvale Station, and Zach Balin, who this is actually his only a second full writing credit, but he also wrote King Richard last year. Oh, interesting. And he has a lot coming up, but that's the only thing on their credits. Ryan Coogler still has story credit. But yeah, I kind of agree. I would like to have seen what the real Coogler, no offense, Keenan, would have done. I think there was, a, it was, I think it's very close. It was good. I had a good time as a third installment to a boxing movie. It got a little more serious because of the past coming back to haunt him. Uh, but yeah, I would have been interested to see Ryan Coogler kind of just close it out with the story that he wanted to tell. But I don't know. The story was good. It's a good. No, I think the story was the great. Major's character. Like it makes like, sense. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Major's character was great. And I just, yeah, there's just like a couple little things. One last thing I wanted to mention was how vicious and brutal the final fight was. And I thought that felt very earned of just how it was Jonathan Major's character. That was kind of his thing. He was a bit more of a street fighter, let's say, because. He didn't have the discipline, but then Creed, because of this being such a personal fight for him, lost control a bit, and it was just haymakers back and forth. I don't know how they film some of that stuff, especially the stuff where they show the contact in slow motion. It must just be different actors, but it was a lot of it was crazy, brutal, smacks to the face. Yeah, yeah, and it was also like pretty, like they had a lot of close-ups I was noticing. Yeah, a lot of close-ups maybe was to cut around some of the yeah. boxing not being so great or just not wanting to show the crowd and have to add all this CGI exactly. and stuff. I know, I was thinking that. It was all, that whole Dodger Stadium was all CGI yeah, except yeah. for probably the first few rows. And then all the, the, the screaming. I liked it when the, 
or just like the uh, the yells and the grunts. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, it would never happen in in a real fight, but we just know more about these two people's personal beef, and it just felt right that. And even the two, the screams were different. Like Jonathan Majors was just like a an angry, fed up scream, and then Michael Bees was like a, a confused, "I want to win, but." This guy is pissing me off. It's just, I don't know. That part worked. And so the, if the build to the end works, the movie's pretty good. On next week's normal episode, we will be diving deep into the Last of Us finale. How is it going to end? Is it going to be somewhat happy? I hopeful, doubt it. Hopeful. <laughs> I doubt it. We'll definitely talk about the next episode of The Mandalorian. Maybe the storyline will start building a little bit better than this reintroduction episode. More Survivor. Top Chef is back. And we also have the last episode of Poker Face, too. And Perry Mason also just came back. It's a murder mystery. We watched the first season, and it was pretty good. So yeah. if we find time in this absolutely jam-packed week leading up to that, we will talk about it. And then on Thursday... We're seeing the opening night, opening showing at our beloved AMC of Scream 6. I'm excited. I might get a costume. Oh, joy. <laughs> no, I won't, Thanks. but it would be funny if we were Did all Did you in... see their previews of like all the ghost face killers on the subway? So... No, or I left to go to the bathroom. I haven't seen one preview of Scream 6, and you know it. Oh, wait, so did I just ruin that for no, you? No, I saw that, but... Okay, so you saw it. Yeah, but I don't know anything that happens. All I know is it's in New York, and Jen Ortega's so, back, and so is the other girl. Are you going to be Ghostface Killer on the... Killer? Is that is that not what it is? <laughs> no, Ghostface Killer is the rapper. Oh. Ghostface <laughs> is just... Okay, it's an honest guy. mistake. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much to Craig for the production assistance. And thank you to John Welsh for our intro and outro music. Subscribe so you know every time we post an episode, please leave a review wherever you listen. It really helps other people find our content. And follow us on all the socials. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at TalkIntent without a G. And email us any thoughts you have at TalkIntent at gmail.com. From our living room to yours, what do you want to watch?